Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Justice League podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 182 The Cat and the Canary and the Ties That Bind. Hi, pals. It's uh, season two of JLU. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And I always forget this show had seasons because when I binge it, I just watch the whole damn thing. Hey, but, you just uh, do the whole thing. There's not, it's like, it's not too, too long. Like, well, no, can, like all of these shows, I think apart from Batman, which was on daytime kids television, mm-hmm. all the other ones have had 13 episode seasons. Like Batman had like yeah. a 65 one because so they could show every day, but. Mm-hmm. Well, that was back when you still did the kids show every day of the week, you know? Do they not do that anymore? I don't, I I will tell you, I have no idea how TV works anymore. No, like, I haven't either. watched regular TV in years. I feel like most people don't. Like, at this point, it's mostly old people who don't watch a lot of cartoons. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe they just watch the really racist ones. I don't know. I gotta feel like the old, like, it's people, like, it's old people and, like, really young kids who don't have, who just have to watch whatever their parents or grandparents have, so... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Aren't they just... Can you get Netflix? No. Oh, all right. Well... Aren't they just born knowing about iPads? Isn't that what every bad one-panel comic I scroll by on Facebook tells me? I mean, I want to complain, but, like, my brother's kid is, like, iPad adept, and it's weird. I I mean, look, I love it. I love that for them. I hate it Mm -hmm. for me. That's all. Yeah. But... Just uh, the idea of, like... (laughs) Just the idea of these tiny babies uh, uh, learning how to use uh, uh, touchscreen. Just uh... well, I've been hearing things like um, that that kids entering the workforce now literally don't know how to use a desktop computer because they never That's... have. But uh... mm-hmm. anyway, that is that is not what we're or here clocks. To talk about. Yeah, you're listening to two old people. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about an old cartoon. Yeah, uh, not that old. Come on. Not us. We're old. I mean, I mean, the show. Oh no, not that we're old. very old. The show was at least made this century. Mm-hmm. Um, but but keep those kids in mind because there's yeah. some real kids love Justice League moments this week. Oh yeah, like I would say more than JLU has had so far. Like uh, some wow, this this was a choice for shows uh, ostensibly aimed at children, huh? Mm-hmm. This first one in particular, which has a lot of sexual undercurrent. I mean, this entire episode is about two people who want to fuck each other so goddamn badly. Mm, we, we could get into that, but first, why don't you why don't you tell us what happens in The Cat and the Canary? Also, by you the way, what? The Cat and the Canary are not the ones who want to fuck each other, just to be clear. No. <laughs> the cat very specifically says, I don't want to fuck her. Mm-hmm. I want to punch. Mm-hmm. All right. So we open with Black Canary on a stakeout, waiting for Wildcat to show up. And if you haven't listened to our Patreon casts, and if you haven't, shame on you. Black Canary is an extremely capable fighter with a sonic scream and a fondness for fishnets. And Wildcat's a 1940s-era boxer who turned his persona into a superhero years before Tumblr was invented. <laughs> Canary's pissed because Wildcat started fighting in a superhero in arena battles on the side, which is bad when your superpower is being Jack LaLanne dressed as the cat in the hat. <laughs> 
Wildcat's the, at the top of the tournament, but it's only a matter of time before he gets his ass murdered by a guy with a snake on his head or a shoe made out of lightning. Canary enlists Green Arrow to help her because she knows he's sweet on her, which is pretty obvious since he hasn't taken his eyes off her ass since, she, since he joined the Justice League a year ago. They flirt pretty hard until G.A. suspects that Canary and Wildcat are an item, and then gets super shitty about it, like a 16-year-old who got stood up at a dance. Come on, Ollie, you're my guy here, don't be a dick. So Canary and uh, Arrow arrive at the arena, where Wildcat refuses to stop fighting. It's all I'm good at, he says. I don't have powers, and the League never lets me go on any missions. Sorry, I have to adjust this, I just punched my my uh, microphone. Got a little too into character there. Uh-huh. I punch like this. <laughs> my punch The League apparently... <laughs> the League apparently has an issue with an old man attempting to defeat Titano the Giant's kryptonite gorilla with fisticuffs, and I kind of see their point. Maybe they haven't seen him punch a guy with a motorcycle yet, a skill he's very good at. Anyway, Canary convinces the arena's owner, Roulette, to let her fight Wildcat, and if he loses, he retires forever. Then Green Arrow knocks Black Canary out with a gas arrow. I haven't done that one in a while. And then he fights Wildcat instead and gets all of his bro bones broken. Because again, Ollie, I love you, but your deal is not ass kicking. It is sharp sticks. And then Wildcat literally beats him to death and retires from fighting because murder is wrong. Luckily, Arrow has seen that uh, Pawn Far episode of Star Trek, and he faked his own death to make Wildcat feel guilty. Back on the satellite of justice, Arrow and Canary flirt and Wildcat goes to therapy because men will literally go to therapy before going to... Wait, hang on. <laughs> so first of all, I misspoke uh, when I said that Wildcat was voiced by Arlie Ermey. I He was mm -hmm. in Brave and the Bold, which, yes. as Maggie pointed out, available on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Algar. Um, One thin dollar gets you access to all of our opinions on this show. Yes. Um, but you should give more. You absolutely should. As much as you can afford, please. Yeah. We, we need Give it. Al some money. Yeah, please. He's doing his best. He works hard for you. I mean, then I give it to all you guys. So, Yeah. Um, I but, work hard for you too, but not as hard. Uh, you work pretty damn hard. You just you just make it look effortless. Um, anyway, I thought it was Arlie Ermey in this show as well, but it is mm -hmm. not. Uh, it's it's a character actor named Dennis Farina who, who did a pretty good job, but mm -hmm. I... I was expecting this voice and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, you're just some guy. I got to go fight uh -huh. a guy in a circle. Uh -huh. I'm going to punch the atomic skull right in his atomic head. I, I very much enjoy your your run of unusual people that he would be fighting. I was, mm -hmm. they kept talking about the atomic skull and then he was in, like someone was in the ring with some regular ass looking guy. I'm like, you can't even see that guy's skull. I guess it's atomic. Yeah. And then the atomic skull showed up. I'm like, okay, never mind. I take it back. That, that was not the atomic skull. That was guy who's a snake. Yeah, this was the opening fight, which like mm -hmm. the opening band, nobody pays any attention to. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Are you going to see uh, Wildcat fight uh, Lightning Shoe Guy? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Which My time's know. too valuable for that shit. I'll still be out in the uh, concession. You ever see a guy shoot lightning out of a shoe? <laughs> Once I, I didn't even give you my shoe <laughs> Wow I um Homer if you could beat someone up on the way out of here It would really help me a lot If you I, could beat the atomics look, 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 up On the I, way out of here I mean really Green Arrow proves in this episode That his power is what Homer's was when he became a boxer Which is mm -hmm. he can take a lot of punches Yup. That's it. That's the entire thing. They didn't take yep. out the medical grade two by four, but but we, we got the illustration nonetheless. I just like 
Black Canary is just, she's going to go, and her plan is basically to beat the shit out of this guy. Or and, to, to, to make him feel bad about this. I mean, which or, ends up being Green Arrow's point. But. Or she might actually have a plan, mm-hmm. but we, we're, not, we're never going to find out about that. Like, Well, no, because of your bad thing. Oh, yeah. it's Ollie basically just rolls out the, I know better than this woman. I'm going to go knock her out and then do my plan things. It's so fucking, like... Yeah. Is this brave and the bold? I know you don't have any respect for women, Ollie. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. When Green Arrow showed up in the first episode of JLU, and I, I maintain that's an excellent mm-hmm. episode. He's an excellent sort of street-level audience identification character when we get into this place where everyone's got crazy space powers or magic powers or, like, yeah. you know, he's just some guy. And I like that. But I remembered in the back of my head, I don't actually like this guy, and I didn't want to get into it because I didn't have any evidence. Sure. But I remembered there's something about him I just did not like, and it's this episode. It's, yeah. oh, he's a he's just a sexist piece of shit. Shut up, honey. The men are talking. Like, he's, yeah. ugh. And it's all over this. It's not just that oh, moment yeah. you call out, but it's the whole thing. He's like that. The 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 minute he finds out that Black, he, like he suspects that Black Canary and uh, Wildcat are a thing. Yeah. He's just done. He's yeah. like, I don't, this is, I don't, I'm pissed well, off a, that you brought me here. There's a cute moment where he's riding on the back of her motorcycle and she's like, you can grab on, you know, it's not weird. Mm-hmm. And, she, and he's like, okay. And he put, puts his hands around her waist, which is, you know, mm-hmm. like that is an inherently sort of intimate thing. Like, okay, we're yes. getting close. Good. And then she mentions Wildcat and he lets go. And he's like, I'd mm-hmm. rather fall off a motorcycle. Like, God yep. damn it, dude. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm watching this. I'm like, fucking God damn it. Come on, man. I knew I didn't like him. You're my guy. Well, well, one of my guys. I got a lot of guys. I was going to say, Maggie, pick a better guy. <laughs> well, I tried, but Blue Devil doesn't do anything. Well, that's true. But I could see at the time when the show was airing, you getting your mm-hmm. hopes up because Black Canary didn't do anything to this point. Yeah. Like the background guys eventually get an episode. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hey, it's Blue Devil's Day someday soon, right? Yep. I get that. I think you got a comic in the Justice League uh, uh, Adventures book. Hmm. No, I like honestly. If they'd done another season, they needed to start paying off some of those deep background guys. I have, yeah, absolutely. I, apart from my very good friend loves this character, I have nothing invested in Blue Devil. But mm-hmm. like, really, they should have done that. <laughs> like, just so I don't give a shit. But Maggie, I do want this for you. Yeah, exactly. I I would probably have enjoyed it because I like most mm-hmm. of what the show did. But uh, no, I don't. I don't particularly care about that. What I wanted mm-hmm. was to see Blue Beetle and to see Blue Beetle team up with Booster Gold. Yeah, that would have been great. Or, you know, uh, then Fire and Ice joined them, and then Guy Guard. Okay, mm-hmm. what I wanted was the JLI. But, uh, yeah. you know, Brave and the Bold gave us And that, I mean, so. like, you know, you could have gotten there. Yeah, they had most of them. They didn't have Beetle mm-hmm. in this, though. No, I think he was still dead at this, like... I was about to say, I thought they did, couldn't do the Charlton characters, but no, they have, um... They have Captain Adam. Captain Adam's in there, um... The question... The question is absolutely in there, yeah. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah, because all those guys yeah. were Watchmen guys, yeah. Yeah. If it's a Watchmen guy, then it's a... Uh, uh, Char- uh, Charleston Chew, right. A Charleston Chew. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Charleston Chew. <coughs> um, so my good thing, playing off of the Ollie's a shitbag thing. Mm-hmm. At first, I was disappointed that Canary seemed to be following for all his stuff, but she played him so well. 
She played mm-hmm. the, oh, I'm just a girl. I don't know how to fight. And I definitely do want to fuck big boy. Like, we've had characters like this in the DCAU before, but it continues to impress me that for this children's show, mm-hmm. they continue to have women who aren't just, I'm I'm the pretty girl who bats her eyelashes. I'm the strong woman. Those are usually your two yeah. stock ones. This one is strong, but pretends to be the other one to get what she wants from boys. Mm-hmm. And being a child trying to understand that it's not complicated exactly, but when you're a kid, it is. Well, yeah, this is stuff that you're like, I didn't know this was a thing. I thought you either wanted to kiss someone or you didn't. I didn't realize yeah. you could pretend you wanted to to get something. Oh, sweetie, it gets so much more complicated than that. Yeah, but even that, just like I say, for a, for a kid's show, it's a pretty like mm-hmm. sophisticated dynamic, and I love it. I love her. Yeah. Like, every time you think, oh, I guess she's into this, too. No, she just needs something. She, he's, yep. he's clearly got a thing for her. He's clear, like, yeah, it would be impossible to not know that he's he's good in a fight mm-hmm. and uh, he's rich. Yeah. Like all things that come into uh, like like that that she has direct use of in this episode. Canary is just like, well, I can't trick Batman. No, but mm. who's like Batman, but not as good and kind of stupid. Ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got just a guy. You know, you know, Ollie's just like, let me just bone her this way. Mm-hmm. Doot, doot. Yep. It's like the, the male equivalent of uh, she breasted boobily. Yeah. <laughs> he penised cockily down yeah. the stairs. <laughs> I like that we both went with completely different uh, penis imagery there. Oh, God. This is why I still love doing the show with you, Al. Uh-huh, exactly. I But I, I do genuinely like her playing him the whole time. There's a point where she's trying to get into this fight and she wants to do it legitimately. So she finds a guy selling tickets and she's like, uh, mm-hmm. give me a thousand dollars. He's like, what? Why? Well, we need a ticket. Uh-huh. And then I like that. The guy was like, Oh, there's two of you. It's 2000. Like I thought mm-hmm. the way that always goes is the guy sees the person pulling out the wad of cash. And he's like, okay, I'm going to take all your money now. He's like, no, yep. two tickets, $2,000. Yep. I kind of like that it didn't go that look, way. Look, if you can look, if you can afford if you can clearly afford to just pull out $1000, you can afford to pull out $2000. I saw you peel those bills off a much larger stack. You you've got this. So which which kind of feeds into my bad thing. Yes. Green Arrow, the self-confessed mm-hmm. old lefty, which was the yep. uh definitely for kids phrasing that he used in his first appearance and I still love mm-hmm. that. I love that he's old lefty. Like, you know, Kids don't like I barely understand the political spectrum as it exists. Like, yes, I understand left is liberal, right is conservative, but also yeah. it's way more complicated than that. Boy, uh, it sure is. Um, But the show has decided and it's based on his his uh, appearance in, the, in comics that he, mm-hmm. that's what he is. And that's cool. And it kind of feeds into yeah. the fact that he looks like Robin Hood. He's like mm-hmm. the, the people's hero kind of thing. And that's great. Yeah. Except he is a billionaire and. I don't know that they talked about it before, but they definitely talk about it now. He just made some huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Rod and Birdemic, he made a billion-dollar deal. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> selling, God damn it. Selling saw panels, I assume. Saw panels. And um, he complains. He's like, yeah, I made the deal, but I got to pay taxes on it. Like, d- dude, you are a if you are if you are on the extreme left, you are a socialist or communist. You should not be complaining about taxes. Taxes are what pays for mm-hmm. things, my friend. Do your part, also, comrade. Yeah. 
Also, if he's if he's a billionaire who's complaining about his taxes, he's a very specific type of old lefty. Mm-hmm. And it's not like those people don't exist. Oh, but, no. Uh, he's the I got mine lefty. Yeah, exactly. Why should anyone else get theirs? I got mine. It's like, no, I made it to exactly where I want to be, where uh, I can afford to shoot arrows in the Justice League. Mm-hmm. The, um, like, he, I mean, it, he might be the aging hippie type where mm-hmm. he marched against a bunch of shit and now he's kind of a sellout. That's fine. But yeah, they don't really talk about that. He's just, I, I don't know. No. I just, it sat wrong with me for what they've told us about the character already. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, uh, it, that, that, it, that's a hundred percent accurate. And like. There's a way it works, but you guys need to explain it to us, you know? Yeah. You know, it wouldn't, like, it doesn't bother me if he's a sellout piece of shit, but they should, you know, they should. No, that's that's character development, baby. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It it would be in stark opposition of uh, Bruce, who we have seen time and again, uses all of his resources to do what he can to Mm -hmm. make the world better. Yep. And he comes off like a, like a shitty billionaire, but uh, he's, Mm -hmm. he's actually seems fairly compassionate. Batman should give all his money away. He does. Yeah. Not all of it, but quite a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to give all their money away. You need money. Yeah. To to live. That's mm-hmm. how this horrible civilization everything works. Everything is horrible. Yes, exactly. Um, I want to talk briefly about uh the the Wildcat and the the mm. whole timeline. Like, I appreciate that in the comics he comes from the forties. Here, I don't yeah. think he does. No, I, I'm pretty, like, the fact that they don't want to get into the whole, like, well, this is a Golden Age character who blah, 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 is, well, that's fine. I don't give a shit about that, no, you know? No, but in the in the DC Animated Universe, I'm pretty sure Batman was the first superhero. Yes. Because then we we have that in the in the Superman pilot where they're like, oh, you're going to put on a costume like that freaking Gotham? Like, we they yeah. canonically, he came before Superman. Usually it's mm. Superman first, but regardless, it's those two guys first. And we go back to World War II, and there's no costumed heroes. There are interesting guys, just like in Western times, same thing. Mm-hmm. But but there's no costumed heroes. So I just want to, like, we did get sort of a JSA episode, but that was an alternate, well, yeah. Yeah, it was a weird alternate universe based on a comic book or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I, and I'm not saying this to nitpick you at all. I'm saying it because the world that this show lives in is a bit different. And Oh, yeah. I don't think he was ever really a superhero what i think was he was always a boxer who then retired decided well i can put on a costume and be a superhero like i i think he became a superhero very late is what i'm saying it's such a weird idea like the 1940s thing makes it make a little bit more sense this is like if george foreman was like i'm gonna put on a cat costume and go punch people i mean that honestly makes a lot more sense than i want to put my name on a grill and sell it on television (laughs) You know what? You got me there. And look, that grill made him, I, I might be wrong about this, but I believe it made him more money than boxing ever did. And he did very well boxing. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he made a lot of money off that fucking grill. But, uh, you know. I, I I bring up George Foreman specifically because it's the only boxer whose name I can remember who is still alive. I mean, there's Mike Tyson, but that's a whole dicey thing. I don't want to talk about Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Also, George Foreman always is Muhammad seemed, Ali still alive? I don't think he is now. Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, George Foreman always like I don't know. I don't, and I don't want to look because mm-hmm. I like my impression of him, which is just kind of a kindly old dude who maybe yep. took one or two punches to the point where he's a little, a little sort of out of it every now and then. But he seems really sweet. 
I mean, if your job is to get punched in the head all the time, mm-hmm. it's going to like happen. that's only going to go one way. But I also like this, like to bring it back to Wildcat, I like that this is a very stock standard story of like, like this was in a lot of noir and it's in a lot of yeah. like, they've done episodes like this in DC, in the DCAU also just like oh, yeah. the aging guy desperately clinging to his, you know, hyper masculine bullshit. Like, like I'm still relevant, right? Yeah. Oh, sweetie. The only way I feel relevant. useful is punching like, okay, okay uh-huh. buddy. <laughs> Man, you do need therapy with, uh, with uh, Martian Manhunter. Mm hmm. Is that what was happening at the end? I guess I missed that. I, I I think that was what it was. They they do not make it very obvious. No, they so what like, they say I could be wrong. What they say was he goes into a room that just Jean is in, and he says, "Yeah, this is a lot harder than going into the ring." And he closes the door. What I thought was that he had to go tell tell Dad all the bad stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. But yours, oh, that might be it too. Yours yeah. works a lot better. I like I, that the telepath might also be offering therapy to the superheroes yeah. that's nice i like the way it's set up like it looks like he's gonna go into like like an alcoholics anonymous room or something mm-hmm. could be uh, but then he goes in and it's just like it's just jean sitting in a chair like yes come in and i will i don't know what the plan here is i have an oreo yeah you like oreos mm-hmm. everyone does mm-hmm. no hydrox on this satellite <laughs> One of those other satellites has them though, because like look, mm-hmm. we want to have everything for everybody. But I fucking hate. Yep. It. I. Those are on the satellite of love. Mm-hmm. La la la. Mm-hmm. But which um, uh, the no, Justice that... League satellite keeps bumping into. <laughs> well, after Mike crashed into the Hubble, they need to keep an eye on those guys. <laughs> We're bumping into that big dog bone again. Mm-hmm. What's this guy's deal? There's a gumball machine yelling at me. (laughs) What's this guy's deal? Well, his bosses didn't like him, so they shot him into space. Wow. That's worse than at least half the villains we fought. Should we do something about that? Eh. Mm. We'll make it down eventually. Yeah, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um... Well, Sorry, the, the 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 idea of Tom Servo poking his head out so he can yell at the Martian Manhunter is something that I'm going to enjoy for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. No, Back up! Riffing the uh, the Justice League. I hate his new voice. <laughs> That's okay. I hate Superman's new voice so much more. <laughs> um, the, with the, a season seven. Ah, <laughs> all the jo- oh. yeah, all our all, all, all our the jokes, jokes that only you and I are gonna get. That's fine. At this point, mm-hmm. people have heard us say them enough; they might not know what they mean. But they're like, "Oh, there's there's that thing Alan Maggie say all the time." Yep. Well, good. It's nice to know that we have our own version of Stop Her, She Stole Mike's Keyboard. <laughs> um, Wildcat's mask is very stupid. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Like, I know I've heard a lot of people talk. I have not read it myself, but I have heard mm-hmm. Gail Simone did good things with this character. I think that is true, yes. Like, I know there are good versions of this character, and I don't even think this is bad, I, but what I think mm. is that Mask makes him look like a Tom and Jerry. It sure does. Like, he just, it's, what it is, when you look at Batman and you try to, mm-hmm. I know it's impossible to do this, if you ignore everything you know about Batman and just look at the Mask. Yep. It's a little dumb, but then the mm-hmm. character makes it cool and, and things that he does and all that, and, and it's fine, but- the Catman mask takes everything that's stupid about the Batman mask and, and sort of doubles down on all the very stupidest parts of it. 
Well, it's I'm looking at it right now, and a lot of it is the kitty cheeks. Yeah. The kitty cheeks are not good. It's like Batman evokes an animal. Catman mm-hmm. dresses as an animal. It's just a man in the cat costume. It just uh, yeah. found a top cat costume and <laughs> took off the hat. Does, does um, he, I never noticed. Does he have a tail? It feels like that would just slow he him He does down. not have a tail. Okay. He should. Yeah. Uh, what he does have, and I noticed this when we were watching it, is uh, the fur on his arms. Mm-hmm. Which I can only assume means that the rest of the cat suit is also covered in fur that we just can't sort of see. Okay, I know. And he, that's not great either. I know he's not a metahuman. I know he's just a regular mm-hmm. guy. But I really hope somehow that fur stands up when he gets startled or, or ready to fight. Oh, right. Like a real cat. Like, he should have a collar with a bell on it. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like I what this what this episode should have been called is I can has boxing career. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just really lean into the cat thing. A long wildcat is long. <laughs> Just uh, just knocking stuff off tables. <laughs> well, well, Canary's in the the thing there. I've been looking at her ass all day. I'll just rub one. Oh no, ceiling wildcat is watching me masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. away. <laughs> and then he comes in wearing his ham helmet. <laughs> uh-huh. That's how that ends. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention, um, and I mentioned this before, but uh, I'm going to keep bringing it up because it keeps mm-hmm. happening. Andrea Romano's get me everyone in the Joss Whedon stable thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Morena Baccarin, who played uh, Inara and in Firefly, was yes. Black Canary. Great choice. Yeah, she does a great job. I like um, Black Canary, and this kind of feeds into your good thing. Yes, I wanted to get into this. Mm-hmm. Um. So the episode opens with, like I said, uh, Black Canary and Wildcat are supposed to be doing a stakeout. Yeah, and, and it's just Wildcat her on her own. Show up. Yeah, yeah, because he's boxing, mm-hmm. and we get to watch Black Canary beat the shit out of like five guys. It's a very standard, um, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it is a very standard Batman, like coming in from the rooftops. Somebody's doing some shady business in a warehouse, and yeah. but we get to watch her take on it, which is different. Yeah. Um, but she has this really beautiful, fluid way of fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if this is the case in this, but like, I, I read a lot of Bird of Pr- Birds of Prey comics mm-hmm. where Black Canary is the main character, and she's supposed to be one of the best martial artists on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of her, like, one of her deals. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's nice to see that they put some actual thought and like choreography into her into her fight scenes instead of just having her like wail on a guy. Yeah, and they did a lot of good animation on her. Like, it's it's not. Like, not in the gross way where it's like, well, we have a pretty lady. We better animate her ass a lot or, you mm-hmm. know, show her boobs bouncing. Like, no, it was yeah. in her fighting and stuff. And and she's got sort of wavy hair that that the way it moved when she was on the motorcycle was very, like, a level of detail I was not expecting. Yeah. They had a couple of moments where it was just like, wow, you, you put a lot of extra work into mm-hmm. this to really make her a distinctive character. That's good. Like, this is a character I love. This is a character that, at the time, was in one of my favorite books. Yeah. Like, you know, it's nice to see her portrayed well, you know? Yes, absolutely. Like, I had some problems with this episode, but she was not one of them. No. And we we mentioned this before sort of at length, but uh, the fact that she should be wearing um, uh, uh, fishnets and they just can't animate Mm -hmm. that is a little disappointing. But that's, you know. Yeah. Look, they they cut the corners where they have to. Um. Mm -hmm. She's, uh, she's like Zatanna. She wears stockings now. Yeah. What I like, though, 
is that that whole fight sequence you describe, 90% of it is her punching and kicking. Yeah. She, she, <clears throat> she is not one of those heroes. She has an ability, but she doesn't mm-hmm. lean on that. That's not her only thing. I love that she can hold her own in a fight very much. And she fully expected to, if not beat Wildcat in the ring, at least go a few rounds with him. Like yeah. she can, she can handle it. She uses her scream as a last resort, not as her. Like we've seen so many superheroes, just that's their only thing. And she's like, exactly. No, I'm going to be punching bad guys. I need to punch bad guys. I can't scream their heads off. Yeah. Well, I love Arrow at one point is just Arrow mm-hmm. at one point is just like, well, why don't you use your sonic scream? And she's like, at this range, I would murder him. Like, yeah. And at the end of the episode, she uses it to, like, tear the arena down. And it's like, oh, this is really like this yes. is a brutal power. It's really powerful. And I, I imagine she can't, like, modulate it very well. Like, it, yeah, it feels like it's just on or off. There's not like a light setting. Yeah. You can't whisper a scream. <laughs> It's like, look, I can do this, but like, I'm not blowing people's heads up if I can help it. So yeah, exactly. Let's uh, we're going to do some punch and kick instead. And then she got really good at that. And that's good. Like, yeah. I like I like that. That's like she's like, yeah, I have a power, but I also can do other shit. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah, so not a great episode, but some, uh, you know, there's some good stuff in here. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that uh, the next Black Canary and uh, well, you know what the uh, next Green Arrow, I do, and I'm really hoping it's as good as I remember it. It's one of my favorite episodes. It is. I've watched it fairly recently. Okay, good. Um, like I like that. I like their dynamic. Yeah, and it's just not a whole lot of it here. No, I don't like this dynamic. But once we move past him being gross, like. If they're together, I don't necessarily like how they got there, but maybe it's better after that. I do definitely get the impression she's a bit of a mess. Like, they don't get into that here. But the fact that she ends up sort of going for him at the end implies, oh, she's got some issues in her past that make her want to be with this guy, even though it's not the best thing Mm -hmm. for her. And I like that, but we never really find out why. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. We, they, they, there was no time for that. It, yeah. The weird thing for me is how street level this was based on, like, given the whole point of JLU is everything has escalated. Everything's bigger. The yes. team is bigger. The threats are bigger. And now we're just dealing with a a box, like a fight club mm-hmm. with some guys who can punch and shoot arrows. And Black Canary, who, like I said, has a power but doesn't use it that much. Like Exactly. There's not that much superhero in this superhero show. Well, that's the thing. I kind of like, like, I wouldn't want every episode to be this. Otherwise, I just want to watch a Black Canary and uh, Green Arrow show. And I yeah. did that for a while and it got real bad. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, for the for occasional episodes where it's just like, yeah, here's these guys doing, like, doing a small crime. I'll watch that. I, like, that's fine by me. I don't disagree with you, but I counter with the fact that Batman had a lot of episodes like that. Like, yeah, this animated universe has already done a ton of those. And I feel like the point of this show is to get bigger. But eh, yeah, know. and I wouldn't want like, you know, if I wanted like that regularly, I could watch more Batman or whatever. But if yeah. they want to do like one or two a season, I am, you know, that's right. fine. Yeah. OK. Well, let's move forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, so I, I misspoke about a few things last week because uh, rather than looking things up, I uh, rely on my memory, which is terrible, and I should know better by Al, now. you fool. But the problem is I forget that my memory's bad, mm-hmm. and I keep doing it. So what I thought was we had three titles written down, and I knew we were only doing two episodes, and what I thought that meant was that, oh, it's the Christmas one. No, we did that already. Yeah. 
these are not short stories. What happened was, for some reason, there were two titles for this next episode. Oh, weird. It was it, it. The one we watched on screen says the ties that bind. Yeah. At one point, this episode was called Miracles Happen. I don't know when it changed. I haven't been able to find any information on that, but mm. it is known by both titles. So it's not that we were doing three things. It's that this episode at one point had another title. So, yeah. So misspoke their apologies. So let me now tell you what happens in The Ties That Bind. Our harrowing tale begins with a magician. Oh, good. Who doesn't love a magician? At least he's not doing card tricks. This guy is scot-free. Get it? Do you get it? And he's one of those make you think we chained a guy up and dropped a train on him, but then he isn't chained up or trained down after all, guys. (laughs) I mean, we have a guy like that already. His name is Batman, and he's not from Apocalypse, but... I've complained about Apocalypse like 200 times on this show already, once for every time it's appeared in one of these shows, and I shan't be doing it again. Even when Granny Goodness shows up and kidnaps Scott's pal Oberon. You remember Granny, don't you? She was the one who bravely conquered some teenagers in a Metropolis (laughs) arcade that one time. What criticism could I possibly have for this evil genius? So Scott and his hot wife Barda, did I mention his hot wife? No? Well, I'm doing that now. Go to the Watchtower to get Superman's help. John tells them that Superman's off on a mission, but I'm certain he just shuffled behind one of the vending machines and got really quiet when he heard that someone wanted to take him to Apocalypse. That place is stupid and I hate it. Hey, Superman's words, not mine. <laughs> Scott and Barda end up stuck with Flash, a character I've not sworn to stop complaining about, except he actually isn't so bad in this one. He does his usual make stupid jokes and run around really fast shtick, but he also doesn't just go blindly charging into situations without knowing what he's up against. Okay, so Barda and Scott have to tell him not to do this a bunch of times, but he actually listens to them. Many, many, many action sequences follow. Like, however many you think I mean, multiply that by six. Not complaining, though. Merely observing. And eventually our heroes rescue Calabac from the clutches of Baron Wunderbar. Sure, fine. Except... Thought they were supposed to be rescuing Oberon. Oh, oh, I see. Granny wanted them to rescue Calabac, and then she'd return Oberon to them, which she doesn't end up doing because she's evil. But it's okay, because Jean was Calabac the whole time, and that definitely makes the most sense of anything that's ever happened. It makes so much sense that it does not merit a second thought. Then they actually do rescue Oberon, and Barda punches Granny in the mouth. I don't have to pretend to love that. It was great. (laughs) Oh, and I I guess I left out all the flashbacks to Scott's childhood where he was brutally and graphically tortured by Granny. Kids love that. Child torture, everyone. (laughs) Yep. No, it was good. I liked his his backstory. I I can't tell if I like Scott and Barda and Oberon because of JLI or I just like them, but I do. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, Uh, there's something about these guys that just... (laughs) There's something about the end of this episode where they free Oberon and Bart is just like, you idiot. Mm-hmm. But then she's also just like, I missed you and I was worried. And I'm just like, I, well, I kind of like this. This is the thing. Okay. First of all, both of us have this in our notes. Big Bart is not mm. big enough. No, she's not. She should be massive. And she's like one head taller than Scott. And that's not good enough. She needs to be yeah, no. massive. Her but, name is literally Big Barda. Mm-hmm. Guess what that means? Yeah, exactly. Um, But that's it. The way they write her and the way she's portrayed is is very good. Like, I do like that. And yeah, mm. she she is really harsh and really it's like even more than Hawk Girl just wants to smash yeah. everything and and has no patience for for anything. But except the man she loves, who she loves unconditionally. Like yeah, she's got big hearts in her eyes for Scott, and she's got big knives in her eyes for everyone else. 
I love that. Bit, I, but then I love, sorry, I, did, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I no, just no, go want ahead. to finish my thought. We'll get but, to me in a minute. But like, she, she, like you said, the same way with Oberon where you think, oh, she doesn't actually care about him. And she's like, no, you're just short. Let me stoop down so I can give you a big hug. Yep. It's <laughs> really sweet. Yeah. Yep. There's a bit where um, they're escaping from some damn thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott's in like a room that's filling up with water and Fla- Flash goes to Barda. He's like, well, I mean, don't worry. Like, this is the thing. He gets out of these, right? Mm-hmm. And Barda goes, he, yeah, up till now. Like, mm-hmm. and there's like that feeling of just like, I don't want my husband to drown. Yeah. I know it's his job to not drown. I would like that to continue. And it just, it really stuck out to me for some reason. Yeah, there were a few moments like that. It's just, yeah. it's clear she's got a lot of hate, but she's also got a lot, like, she just feels big. Like, all of her yes. feelings are massive, and that means love and hate, and I love that. Yep, yep. Uh, she's so mad about apocalypse shit, and I kind of love that. Well, so the the backstory was basically he was one of the tortured kids that, that they turn into dark sides, blah, 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 whatever. But, yeah. But he escaped, and... Yeah. When he escaped, he freed her. So they're both yeah. the only people to ever get away from all this nonsense. And they they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's it's they're fun characters. And in JLI, they were they were always the you expect them to be the bickering married couple. And they almost never were. They were the happily married couple who hated the Justice League, but loved each other. Yeah. And my- I remember, like I said, I haven't read much of that, but mm-hmm. I've definitely read them like having like a house in the suburbs and yes. trying to make that work. Yep. There's I've I mentioned this a lot because this was the first issue of that that I read and it really made an impact on me. But mm-hmm. there was an annual they did where the Joker steals a tank. Like I said, <laughs> I, I know I've brought this up at least five times since we started doing this show. It's just one of my favorite comics. And um he takes the tank to the barbecue at Scott and Barda's house that the Justice mm-hmm. League are off duty having. And they're all like, Ugh, we're, we're off. We don't want to deal. Batman, could you handle this guy, please? <laughs> I stole a tank. Mm-hmm. It's very He good. sure did. Mm-hmm. Did he paint his face on it? Uh, no. No, he was a wearing waste. a, but he was wearing a, uh, 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 a generalissimo, like a, like a fucking dictator's uniform. All right, that's better, but he really should have painted his face on the tank. I mean, Come I on. It, was, it all happened very quickly. He didn't have time. It wasn't one of his planned things. It was It was all sort of very on the cuff, off the cuff. <laughs> Once I kill the Justice the League, I got to remember to paint my face on this tank or I'm going to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing the Joker doesn't want, it's to look like an idiot. I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so my bad thing kind of relates to this one and the other one. Sure. Which is, I feel like both of these episodes had a strong, completely unrelated side adventure vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, I've obviously been getting into how connected everything's been lately. I've called sure. that out every week. And a bunch of stuff pays off even bigger later in the season. But I'd never met Wildcat or Black Canary before in the previous episode. And this is the first time we're seeing Scott, Barda, and Oberon, or at least the first time any of these characters have spoken anyway. They might have been in the, the very large crowd shots we've seen. Sure. Um. It's a little harder to get invested in what they're all going through when they just show up like guest star of the week and then presumably mm-hmm. go away again. Yeah, that's all. I I I get that. Um, I just like I am like I said, I'm fine with them doing a couple of these. Just you no, know, and I, I here's something different. You I know? still like JLU as this anthology show set in this mm. universe where there's so many different guys. I I do like that. 
it's just it felt like the show was really pivoting to this to this larger tapestry and instead we're getting these like okay but where's it's like the balance between the monster of the week episodes and the and the the, the ongoing story it's like if you yeah. if you throw that off what you're doing is you're saying okay but I'm more invested in one of these and why did you cut to the other one that's all yeah and i feel like they they just as the season as the first two episodes of this season it mm-hmm. just felt like a weird choice that's all I don't I don't want to see them hunt a Bigfoot. I want to know what the, the aliens are up to. See, I deliberately worded that vaguely with X-Files because I know it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. I know the Monster of the Week episodes were the better ones. but I mean, that's true. But when we were watching Deep Space Nine, for instance, it's like, but mm-hmm. what's going on with the Dominion? I don't care what Rom's doing today. <laughs> <laughs> Make that a subplot. That's fine. But I want to know what Wei Yoon's doing. <laughs> going on strike, brother. Okay. Well, okay, no, I guess I'm, I'm not going to call that episode. Out. That was a fantastic episode. Yeah. But, you know, it's just it's it's that balance of of serialization versus episodic that like I feel like it's like I said this about one of the seasons of Venture Brothers where they ended on a huge cliffhanger and then they picked up the new season with like the backstory of Billy Quizboy, which at the time yeah. I could like I waited two years to get this. Mm hmm. And now it, when I binge it, it's fine. It's like, oh, yeah, this is one story among many. But at the time it was like, uh, this is right out of the gate, huh? OK. Mm-hmm. It's just you know a it's like? thing. That's all. <laughs> you know what it's like for me? What's that? Uh, it's waiting to find out who Cartman's father is. And then you have to watch a Terrence and Philip episode. Ah, oh, see, that's my favorite South Park. <laughs> <laughs> Partially because it really bothered some people. So sorry. Yeah, I was one of those people. I was really mad about it. You were also nine years younger than me at the time, and that was that was a significant difference at that point. Sure was. I would have been in my twenties. You would have been in your teens. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I haven't thought about that in forever. Mm-hmm. I still love that. Like I, I'm kind of done with South Park, but I still like that Terrence film. Yeah, episode. yeah. <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. I mean, plus having visited Canada a number of times, I know it's exactly like that. So it is exactly like that. We're always looking for treasure. Mm-hmm. Is that some kind Tom of metaphor Scott for the kind of treasure you could never find? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. no, we're looking for treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your bad thing? Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, uh, Jean just letting someone die. I guess I missed um, like because I seriously thought, wait, he was Calabac the whole time. No. Okay, because he popped up they, near the end. No, they were they basically like in a cut between when they escape apocalypse and when they show up mm-hmm. at uh, uh, wherever the fuck Granny is. They mm-hmm. uh, I, they swap him out. Like it's Calabac from most of the episode. Okay, okay, okay. Because I I think I looked down and was taking notes or something and missed that. Like I was a little little confused by that. But who did but he let like, die? I think I missed that too. He so um. Uh, Scott and Barta go to the satellite to, um, like, they need help getting their f- their friend back, basically. Mm-hmm. And John's like, no, we're not, we can't do that. We need to continue to let the, the, the basically he wants to keep uh, the factions fighting on Apocalypse. Oh, I see if they un- If they unite, it's a bigger deal than if they're just doing infighting while well, Darkseid's gone. And he, I mean, the Justice League can't intervene in a in a war on another planet that's a that's a that's an ugly precedent to start what you know no no that's not the issue though okay what i'm saying is they want they want a guy to come and help them save another guy Mm -hmm. and i'm like 
if the if the Justice oh, League Oh, letting Oberon die. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's not about it's not about freeing apocalypse. It's mm-hmm. about saving this one dude. And like if the Justice League with its army of men mm-hmm. can't scare up one person to like help these two save a guy from getting knifed to death, like what are we doing? I can see that. You j- I think the way the episode played out, you needed it to be Flash's idea rather than Jean saying, here, take Flash. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think it takes away Flash's agency to to have someone to send him because yeah, that kind of feeds <clears throat> into my good thing, which I don't want to talk about until we're done with this. But no, it it mostly just looks bad for for Jean as a character that I really like, who's just like, it, I, 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 there's nothing I can do about it. Maybe Maybe they could have thrown in a line or two about, look, it's a hard decision and I hate having to make it. But mm-hmm. letting one one guy die so that fifty don't—that's just the yeah. thing you have to do sometimes, and it sucks. But yeah, you know, like Star Trek has given the, us that all the time, where the captain says, mm-hmm. "I hate having to make this call, but it's a call you have to make, and it sucks, but right. we have to do it." And Jean should but, have had a moment like that, right? But here's the thing—that's the difference between Star Trek and like these are superheroes. Like yeah. saving people is literally the thing that they do. It's the thing that they should be doing. Yeah, but Apocalypse you know? is a like. I mean, look. They brainwashed Superman and mm-hmm. had him invade the planet, and that was only one of many times they have gotten involved. Like, Jean probably, on orders from Superman, is like, we don't get involved over there anymore. We yeah, just, we're not we, touching this one. We, I'm sorry, your friend is gone, but we don't. We we hate that place. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I just like some something, you know? I, I agree with you. Um, Wildcat was literally here going like, they never give me anything to do. Well, mm-hmm. you can go run around on Apocalypse and see how uh, many wanna... uh, parademons you can punch in the face. No, they were robots this time. You want to punch an endless yeah. uh, endless stream of marching robots? Like, that feels exactly yep. like your thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, here... Oh, man, I love punching robots. Here's yeah, a, you do. Here's a punch dummy, but then when you beat it, there's another one and another hundred. So, mm-hmm. have at it, my friend. Yep. Um, I But my good thing, though... Mm-hmm. Kind of ties into this because what they did was they gave Flash a bit of an arc. Yes. And they made him a little better, finally. Like, not, he's it's not. about fi- fucking time. He's not fixed, and I still he's still hardly my favorite. He's not even, like, he's still probably my last guy on the list of the original mm-hmm. seven. But they re- it, it's very clear now, textually, oh, mm-hmm. they're realizing in story, this guy's kind of lame. And yeah. so they send him on an adventure where he's got a take orders from someone else and be okay with that and not be the impulsive asshole. And he was, and Mm -hmm. he he, kind of picked up a little maturity and like, good. Yeah. I like that. And what I was saying though, is like, it was his idea to go with them. And I think I, maybe the way they originally wrote it, Jean was a little more tortured by the decision and said, okay, here, take flash. Mm. Uh, But in this version, it makes more sense to make it Flash's decision. Otherwise, it kind of undercuts his 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 arc there, I think. That, that's the thing. All of, that's real, all of it's really good. My mm-hmm. main problem is just that it makes yeah, Jean, it makes Jean Yeah, exactly. There must have been a better way. There must have been a better way to solve the problem. And I, I'm yeah. making assumptions. Maybe that's not the case at all. But mm-hmm. it feels like these writers are good enough that they considered that. And they're, they're like, well, shit. Then that takes away from Flash. So we're going to have to yeah. compromise a little here. There's also, like, <clears throat> this could be tying into, like, some stuff that comes later that I don't, I only vaguely remember about, like, the Justice League getting in, like, worrying. It's like, maybe we shouldn't be, like, on a satellite, like, judging people from space anymore. There's, I don't know. But about... I don't remember well enough to, like, to know, you know? I, 
what I don't remember that, but I do remember he uh, Jean feels like he's losing his not humanity, but you know Martianity. Martianity. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's too isolated up there, and maybe this is yeah. maybe this is the beginning of that. That could, and if that's the case, then like that's you know yeah. that's the start of an of an arc for a character I like. That's fine, you yeah. know. So um, I guess we won't know until we get further along. Yeah, and I don't. That's the thing I don't love about serialized any serialized storytelling. Like yeah. even the way it works now is like if you only see one episode, you feel like characters are doing unusual things because it doesn't mm-hmm. pay off yet. You know. When also my brain is bad and I'll forget. So yeah, exactly. If I don't watch it all in a row, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into your good thing. Mm-hmm. This one's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> I got, I was watching this and just got, the, like, the most, like, Saturday morning cartoon vibe I possibly could. Just, it's just a bunch of weirdos trying to save a different weirdo from some evil weirdos. Like, you really get to see how bizarre everyone in the New Gods is. You know, here's an old woman. Here's a shaved gorilla with a big head. Here's a German guy. Here's some robots riding evil dogs. It's so stupid. I had a great time. And... This is typically what I have complained about in the past. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it fits with the vibe of, of the show. And the show encompasses a lot. But mm-hmm. I, sometimes I feel like that's just a, a step too far is all. That, I, that is completely fair. Like, the, the fucking guy showing up to defeat this evil German caricature. Baron Wunderbar. Who quotes, who quotes laughing. Okay, we need to get into that. Uh huh. But you you finish your thought. It, it's ju- I mean I'm almost like it's just so ridiculous and fun. Like I love this crap. The reason he quotes laughing is he was the guy who did that. Oh no shit! I did not know that. So Artie Johnson was one of uh-huh. the uh, cast members on Laughing, which was a sketch show in the '60s. If you didn't know, it's the the one mm-hmm. that was famous for the catchphrase "Socket to me" that they got Richard Nixon yep. to say when he was running for president. Socket to me. Yeah, which honestly might have earned him enough to win that election. Like to to say, hey, he's not completely <laughs> stiff. He was on the fun hippie show. See, he gets it. Yeah, oh. and he he didn't, but people might have been won over for a a moment. Um, fucking hippies. God damn it. But no, Artie Johnson and eh, pretty funny guy. Like all those laughing mm-hmm. guys were, you know, it was a little corny, but it's not bad. Um, but he played like one of the things they had was this cutaway gag where he was this, like he was in a German, I don't know if it was a world war two or war one, whatever. It doesn't matter, but he's in a German yeah. military uniform going very interesting, but stupid. And <clears throat> that's exactly how he plays Baron Wunderbar. And they even give him the line, very interesting, yep. but futile, which is like, yep, they knew exactly what they were doing. And I kind of like that because, oh, yeah, I know somebody with a cartoon German accent. We don't want a real German for this. This is this is absurd. No. <laughs> so we'll get this guy. <laughs> you can't escape from apocalypse, you dum-dums. Uh-huh. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. God damn. So there's actually some. Like- oh, go ahead. Just ridiculous, like fucking Care Bear villain. Yeah, and that's again maybe not my like favorite thing, but I appreciate that that that's the appeal for it. That's again, I wouldn't want this every week, but like I'll take one, I'll take one and have a great time. And in previous times, I have complained that it happens very frequently, but this time <laughs> I'm not saying that. So, you know, I am. I'm saying that it happens so mm-hmm. much. We go to this planet all the time. Gotta go back to Apocalypse. Oh, my God. It's <sighs> on fire. Look at all these statues of Darkseid's head. Well, maybe they should put the fire out. 
<laughs> Superman just shows up to blow on it like a candle. Mm-hmm. So back Happy to the birthday to me, I guess. <laughs> I I do love canonically how much he fucking hates this place. Yep. Um. So back to the voice cast. Uh, Oberon was voiced by Dick Miller, and I'm pretty sure he's shown up before, but I still love him. He is mm-hmm. a character actor that you 100 percent have seen in a thousand things. He's Joe Dante's yeah. like favorite guy, for instance. Uh, he was Mister Futterman in the Gremlins movies. Yes. Uh, among many, many, many other things. I'm pretty sure he was one of the gangsters, like low-level gangsters in Mask of the Phantasm. Like, we've we've talked about him before, but I still, he's one of the great old character actors. He did a ton oh, yeah. of stuff with uh, Roger Corman back in the day. So he showed up in a lot of B-movies and stuff, too. Like, he's, mm-hmm. and he's got a very distinctive voice. He's got a good look. He's got a real, he reminded me of my own grandfather a great deal, and I loved mm-hmm. my grandfather dearly. Like, he was, he's, a, he's a lovable old guy. Like, just sort of a cranky World War II vet who's, Got a big heart, but is also kind of tired of all the crap. And I, I just thought he was a very good choice for Oberon. He's like, Ugh, yeah, good. Here comes Granny again. And I saw that you fine put in your notes that that Ed Asner would have been a good choice for for Oberon too. And you're not wrong. No, but I think Dick Miller's a great choice for that. Well, now that I know it's Dick Miller, I'm like, oh fuck, that guy rules. Yeah, no, and he's a good voice for it too. Just like that, because mm-hmm. again, very distinctive sounding voice. Like, yeah. Like, he sounds like a, a crotchety old 60-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, guy who did uh, Mr. Miracle Scott uh, was the guy who played Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movies that were made around this time. Oh, yeah. I He has a Welsh name that I could not hope to pronounce because it has a hundred vowels in it. Yeah. Ian Griff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember that guy. He was fine. Yeah, but... but He's good in this, but... um. And Barda was not any, like, I looked at her list of credits and it's considerable, but it's all like, I was a bit part in everything. Like, I don't mm-hmm. recognize her. What I do recognize her from was she's the same person who voiced Barda in Batman Beyond when he met the Justice League Beyond. Oh, that's cool. That was a good bit of consistency there to say, yeah, this is the same Barda and it's the same woman. And that it was good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of good voice pulls in this one, I thought. Um, what else? Let's see. Not a whole lot, honestly. No. I have the note here. Calabac is really just Worf without us having to pretend he's a good dude. Yep. Oh, good. I get to fight people. That's just Worf. Um, I like the part where, uh, 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 Baron Wunderbar pulls out a piece of cake and offers it to, uh, Calabac in prison. I'm not sure I understood. But like, what were they going Again, for there? I have no idea. It was deeply stupid, but I had a great time and I clapped my hands. So, like, I couldn't tell if it was a joke or if mm-hmm. it was torture cake. I don't. E- I don't know. I think that's fundamentally that's the problem I have with Apocalypse. Is so much of it is clearly played for or supposed to be played for laughs, but it's taken mm-hmm. very seriously. Yep. It's but it's you know it's like the way airplane all the actors play it straight and that's mm-hmm. the joke maybe that's what they're going for here i don't know it i've just never been able to quite dial into how i'm supposed to feel about it because mm. the torture shit was real that was not a joke. oh yeah that was not campy fun that was this child has suffered some significant trauma and we're supposed to feel yeah. bad about it and i did but then the rest of it was just goofy as you Here's say a saturday goofy morning guy cartoon with some stuff. cake 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let's be clear. A German named Baron Wunderbar, who is from space, which ostensibly does not have a Germany. <laughs> no, uh, very famously, I would say, uh, yeah, yeah. space is not known for its Germans. Yeah. Except this guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't need logic exactly if this is the planet where logic doesn't exist. But then again, yep. then you have something like a child being tortured where it is serious. I was like, well, well could you pick one? Yeah, it's very serious, uh, and it's very seriously being done by these caricatures. Yeah. I And, you know, it's probably my problem. It's just, mm -hmm. like, I, I have a very clear in my head, okay, comedy episode, serious episode. Like, it's, it's an all or nothing thing for me, and maybe I need to work on that. But mm -hmm. it's hard for me to sometimes, like, say, okay, I'm supposed to be taking this seriously, except when I'm not. Yeah. That's all. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, I like, uh, uh, Flash and Elongated Man playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots at the beginning. Um, oh yeah, good, good. Just cause. Oh, good. Th uh, those guys are buddies in the sixth, like in the sixties, uh, mm -hmm. Elongated Man was the backup in the Flash comics. They. And I just like the idea of just the, the, those two are buddies. They were both in the JLE, which was the Justice League Europe, which was the yes. the spinoff book from JLI. Yeah, with Animal Man. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't remember that, but I, I, there's I, a bit I, I didn't in, read much of JLE, but uh, I knew it existed. No, there, there's a bit later in the Morrison uh, ah. in the Morrison Animal Man run where he's like, yeah, I, I'm also in JL Europe sometimes. Mm-hmm. I basically only read it when it uh, crossed over with the JLI because the, sure. the writing team on that wasn't quite as sharp as, as on JLI. Oh, it was, it was a different. I didn't know it was a different writing team. I'm pretty. I might be wrong about that. Maybe I just didn't care about the characters. I don't know. Mm. But that's fair too. Yeah. Um. Regardless, it was cool seeing them together, and I love the way that scene is set up, where you got the tight close up of them taking this thing very seriously, and then it's mm -hmm. rock and soft. Maybe that's like a, a metaphor for what's about to happen. Yeah, they're taking it seriously, and then they 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 zoom out, and it's a dumb game, and maybe don't take it so seriously. <laughs> maybe there's a lesson there for me. Probably not. Tom Servo's uh, poking his head out of satellite of love to tell you that it's just a show. You should probably just relax. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, this is uh, brutality to robots, and it will not stand. Mm -hmm. They don't care for that. Uh, the episode also ends with uh, Flash thinking that Jean's gonna like dress him down for going and helping anyway. Mm -hmm. And John's like, I just wanted to play Rock'em Sock'em Robots with you. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, this is a very then, good bit because uh, Flash goes, uh, <laughs> okay, I call the green guy. It just lingers on Jean for sec for like a second. And then he goes, I wanted to be the green guy. Um, I'm obviously the green guy. Mm -hmm. Come it's on, very, man. Very good. Look at me. I'm green. <laughs> I'm the green guy. This is, mm -hmm. this is why I love Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Well, he's that's he's, super stoic, and then just like, I like cookies. Well, he's he's got that Spock vibe. He's got the yeah. I've got to be super serious all the time, but but underneath, I mm -hmm. I am a playful guy, and I do know how to have yeah. fun. Love that. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, and uh, I could have done without Ralph, uh, the elongated man, uh, staring at fire's ass, though. Yeah, I could have done without that too. That was that was more of that Green Lantern lechery, or excuse me, mm -hmm. Green Arrow, Arrow lechery. Green Lantern hasn't done anything, right? No. I, what I was thinking was Booster Gold, but for some reason I thought his name was Green Lantern. You know, it's, yeah, it's a common mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, Thanks, Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. Not even green. <laughs> no, so I am mad. 
<laughs> I'm very green. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Very well. Well, I suppose that's all for this time then. Uh, yeah. Next time we will, let me just open this here. And, ooh, okay. Next time we're getting back on track with the, uh, with the, with the, the bigger story stuff. Cause we have the doomsday mm. sanction and uh, task force X, which is this universe's ooh. version of the suicide squad. Fucking suicide squad. Except you can't say suicide on the, this cartoon. I think they think they call it a suicide mission. Like I think the word suicide does get uttered. Yes. They might even call them that textually. They just might not have been able to put it in the, the marketing stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. But but anyway, more Amanda Waller, which is always great. Yep. Love um, that. Yeah. And uh, Flonk should be joining us for that. So that'll be fun. Ooh. Yeah. Um, And we mentioned the Patreon already. We have decided we are, uh, because we're, we're running out of time, we've decided to choose uh, hand pick uh, episodes of The Brave and the Bold that, that we personally want to cover. So... This month we have done uh, Emperor Joker, which was my pick, and uh, the Knights of Tomorrow, which was Maggie's, and and we're doing mm-hmm. we're doing that for the rest of the time. So uh, uh, again, Patreon.com/slash Algar, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, yeah. The shows <clears throat> that we produce are back, like or in the process of coming back. We yep. finally got the season two pr- uh, finale of Endeavor dropped. It's out there. It is. Yep, you, you can listen it. to it. Yeah, USSEndeavor.com. We would love for you to do that. Uh, and there's at least one more short on the way for that season and then mm-hmm. a whole other season. There's uh, more of my comedy soap opera, Contentment Corner. So like all the stuff that you give to the Patreon to fund is happening. So that money will then go to the to the performers and such. So please, mm-hmm. if you could. Uh, yeah. Let's see. The website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. You can write to us, kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. And uh, I think that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2023, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. 